Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. The Gospel of the Lord. I believe I grew up in a pretty typical and ordinary family, which means that I grew up in a family that was far from perfect. And even though as a family we had our shares of ups and downs and problems, I've always been grateful for my upbringing, perhaps more so the older I get. For amid that less than perfect experience, I learned a great deal. I learned especially about love, in particular because of the love my parents had for one another. But love is something that I am still learning about. For if you think about it, perhaps love is something that can only truly be learned throughout our lives. Like many things in life, it is something we learn and hone by practice. Thus, throughout life, you and I, well, we remain journeymen, not masters, in that practice of love. But perhaps now, more than ever, amidst so much hate and polarization in our world, maybe now our world needs to be reminded again and again of the importance of love. In our gospel this morning, we hear the two great commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. Those are very familiar words. For we know Jesus speaks about love frequently. But I found myself asking, what does that love look like? Particularly, that love of neighbor. As Christians, we call that love agape. But also I found myself asking, what does that agape love look like amid our families and friendships? For it's often said that friends, well, they are chosen family. 
And there, amid our families and friends, well, love, it gets found. So allow me this morning to offer just a few thoughts about what that agape love, that love of neighbor, looks like. First, I think love requires sacrifice, which means we must be open, you and I, to being inconvenienced. It means that we are not always going to get what we want, or things are not always going to go as we would like. Sacrifice is ultimately about giving, particularly about giving of self. Oftentimes that means giving up something we want for someone else we care about. And most importantly, doing so without allowing ourselves to become resentful. Sacrifice centers on the willingness to focus on others rather than finding ourselves focusing on ourselves. Second, I think love works at being tolerant of others' imperfections. St. Paul, in his wonderful letter to the Corinthians, said, Love is patient. We know we are not perfect, nor are those that we live with and spend time with. People have habits that we find annoying. And yes, we have habits that annoy and irritate them as well. But perhaps the critical thing is not allowing those annoyances to become the source of division, or worse yet, conflict. Third, love does not insist on being right but rather works at making things right. How often do you and I let our foolish pride get in the way? Holding on to being right can bring some sense of satisfaction. We all know that. But in the end, maybe we need to ask ourselves, is being able to say, I told you so, really all that satisfying? Similarly, as every situation we find ourselves in amidst conflict worth going to the mat? Clearly, sometimes it is. But you see, love invites us to a discernment, to discern between what is important and the issues that are just largely about our own egos. In addition, love challenges us to really work at making things right, which quite simply means we must work at resolving conflict. Fourth, love always involves forgiveness. Yes, it's impossible to be in any kind of relationship, be that marriage or family or friendship, and not cause hurt or pain. Loving others is hard work because we risk getting bruised along the way. You see, there must be the willingness to care so deeply that we make ourselves vulnerable again and again. And if we are unwilling to take that risk, well, then I've oftentimes thought, really what we're saying is we're unwilling to love. 
Thus, love always requires forgiveness. In fact, I believe love is absolutely impossible without it. And it requires both aspects of forgiveness. First, you and I must be willing to ask for that forgiveness when we've wronged another. And second, we must be willing to give it when we are wronged. Forgiveness requires that we put our hurts aside and try and move forward. And it means then that there will always be the need in each of our lives to offer second chances and sometimes third and fourth and fifth. Part of forgiveness also means letting go of keeping score. It's not necessarily an easy thing to do. But you know, keeping score is one of the clearest paths to resentment. Remembering how others have wronged us over and over again clearly causes love to die. Fifth and lastly, and this is perhaps the most important, love is a decision, not just a feeling. Oh, love is a wonderful feeling, but love is more often than not a decision. Deciding to love, well, it gets us through hard times. When times get tough, there's a natural inclination in each of us to just want to run away or say, this isn't what I signed up for. But deciding to love means we're willing to see it through. It means we're willing to try and stay the course whenever that is possible. Now, those five things are not an exhaustive list. But over the years, as I continue to learn about love, I have found them to be very important. The two great commandments, love of God and love your neighbor, well, we know they're at the very heart of the Gospels and our Catholic faith. However, learning to do so is most often found in ordinary places, perhaps most especially amid our families, and our friends.